Friday, January 16th, 2015. On the latest episode of Breaking the Set, Abby Martin talks to Afshin Ratansi about British Prime Minister David Cameron's recent and hilarious proposal to ban encryption on the Internet. Here's a clip. Again with your president. <laughs> we got to watch that drive, Afshin. And of course, Cameron recently uh, declared something pretty absurd here, uh, making headlines. Uh, in order to better monitor extremists in the UK, Cameron wants to ban encryption. I'm not sure if he understands how the internet works because that would reveal everyone's personal data. You can't do banking. I mean, what the hell is he thinking here? Well, a war on internet shopping. <laughs> must go side by side with the war on terror. That, that presumably must be it. Actually, in the British press, we actually, uh, we're hearing that Cameron is really going to raise this encryption idea to President Obama. And I presume people in the White House and uh, all his great advisors at the CIA and uh, the NSA will have to uh, explain to Mr. Cameron that, uh, indeed, encryption is the whole basis of how people everyday ordinary people in the developed world use the internet. He doesn't quite get that. And given that he wants to uh, talk about Twitter, maybe he doesn't realize 44,000 tweets, alas, actually were made for the terrorists that uh, were the cause of that, those brutal killings in Paris. So uh, what are they going to do, jail all of them? Mark Zuckerberg has already spoken and said uh, he doesn't agree that Cameron's solution to solving things like uh, the cr crimes in Paris, uh, it's all down to encryption. Uh, most people, uh, most people lambast Cameron for that kind of policy. By the way, notice how it somehow felt to be necessary to cite the opinion of someone like Mark Zuckerberg. Whereas if we, in the general public, weren't so clueless about the technology that defines and controls our lives, and about encryption in particular, then we'd be making up our own minds. But on the topic of spying on people and their communications, Sam Antar has said, in RT's now-running documentary on America's surveillance state, that, quote, spying is in the American gene pool unfortunately, end quote. This statement is remarkable, both for its horribleness and for its confusedness. For after the explosion of my Maynellian Holocaust in December of 2012, it became clear that the Ivy class and its numberless fans are indeed engaged in a nationwide orgy of spying, stalking, and otherwise outdoing many of the atrocities that were characteristic of Stasi, East Germany, the Soviet Union, and apartheid South Africa. But it is ghastly to explain today's enthusiasm for raping people out of their privacy by referring to genetics, both because that's a pseudoscientific reduction and because the federal constitution, which is supposed to be the country's blueprint, asserts, on the contrary, that spying is, by definition, un-American. And here is where the confusion is concentrated. For if you want to know what America really is today, you have only to read that Constitution and its Bill of Rights. Since the First Amendment 
is said to forbid the government from punishing you for your opinions, that is precisely what the government can do, and indeed precisely what the FBI has been doing for a century to critics and dissidents, from unimportant people such as myself to more well-known activists such as Roger Veer, all the way to targets of government assassination, such as Martin Luther King Jr., since the First Amendment forbids the respecting of religion, the FBI and the NSA, along with their cheerleaders in Hollywood and the corporate media, can turn the country into a nasty place for Muslims. And since the First Amendment guarantees the right to air grievances in public assembly, the government can abuse, harass, and assault peaceful protesters. And since the First Amendment guarantees freedom of the press, the government can so persecute reporters, such as James Risen and Julian Assange, if not also Barrett Brown and Michael Hastings, as to effectively gag broadcast journalism and put investigative journalism into a kind of coma. You have only to look at my own case to be alarmed at the total neuteredness of American journalism. It is fully impossible that journalists and news stations in this city don't know about my case, about the case of a helpless, abandoned, chronic victim of slander and conspiracy, and now for more than two years of Maynellian Holocaust that follows him throughout the streets and even into other cities, with the full support of a large part of the general public. If that's not news in every sense of the word, then I don't know what is. Next, since the Second Amendment guarantees the right to bear arms, the government can baptize charlatans as psychological experts, favor their testimony in court, and then bribe, extort, or otherwise induce them into recommending that weapons be kept out of the hands of people the government doesn't like, not to mention recommending the psychiatric sequestration of whistleblowers. Next, since the Fourth Amendment says privacy may not be violated unless probable cause exists, we can simply redefine the word probable to make any suspicion acceptable, just as the government has redefined the concept of imminence, has literally redefined it, so that it can escalate its war crimes in the name of imminent danger. Next, since the Fifth Amendment requires war or public danger as preconditions to nullifying due process or trial by jury, the government has only to foment conflict or stage false flag attacks. Please read up on false flag aspects of the incidents involving the USS Maine, Pearl Harbor, the Gulf of Tonkin, the Northwoods operation. God only knows what else is going on behind our backs. What else will have to wait half a century before it's allowed to be brought to light? Next, since the Sixth Amendment guarantees the right to a lawyer to know what you're accused of, to an impartial jury, and to a speedy and public trial, the government can slander you covertly and poison your entire community against you and leave you totally abandoned and isolated without your ever knowing what you've been accused of, and can moreover bribe, extort, or otherwise induce lawyers and judges to abandon you or otherwise rule against you 
as has happened in my case and also in the disturbing case of recently killed Mike Brown and also during the trial of Chelsea Manning. More, it can continue to gag, bribe, manipulate, reward, or otherwise induce friends, family, employers, and business owners to maintain the code of silence, thereby totally psychologically isolating you from the rest of humanity, presumably for the rest of your life. And finally, since the Eighth Amendment forbids cruel and unusual punishment, that is precisely what the government is doing, not only inside its prisons, but, as in my case, and the cases of many other targeted individuals, in open air, and with the consent of many people. Even though we are not only not guilty and not capable of crime, but victims of the most horrific crimes by the government and its friends. So, when Sam Antar goes around saying that repression and hatred of freedom is in the American gene pool, he's half right. To find out what America is, just read the Bill of Rights, which he ought to be characterizing as a core part of the country's DNA. But instead of expecting it to mean what it says, as DNA expresses proteins, you should simply understand it to mean the opposite.